we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Greetings, friends and fellow citizens, and welcome to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the host of this show, and I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. And this show is made possible by the donations of our uh, members of the We the People Convention, who have uh, made it possible for us to have this five-station radio network every Saturday morning across Ohio, and to uh, podcast this uh, show uh, every uh, day of the week. And you can get to that podcast by going to wethepeopleconvention.org, and right on the front page, you'll see a little yellow block that says podcast and radio show. And on that uh, page, you will see the map of Ohio with our stations and what times the shows air and how to get them, not just over the air, but also uh, on uh, iHeartRadio and and through their internet feed. And you also see that you can uh, watch the recorded podcast uh, on our podcast page. And we also stream it on YouTube and on TV, on Roku and on Amazon Fire TV. So you can get us any way you want to get us. We're just glad you're getting us some way. And we sure welcome you uh, to today's show. And we thank you for joining us. This is a news summary program. So what we try to do is take all the news that's happening, and boy, there's a lot of news happening, and summarize it and focus it and talk about what it means to each of us from a standpoint of our freedom, our liberty, and our prosperity. And so that's what we've been doing. You know, we're going to get right into it here because there's been a lot going on. The big thing I want to talk to you about today is that we are starting to see very clearly that there is a big divide in America between how we see this virus and how we see our government's reaction to this virus. And this this divide is becoming more and more acute, meaning, you know, there's no middle ground. There's, there's the people who are scared to death, think that we should have locked down the world, that we should stay in our homes, that we you know should be scared to death of this virus, that it's horribly deadly and, and, and dangerous. And then there's those of us who are saying, wait a minute, let's ask some questions here. Is, uh, is this really that dangerous? What are the mortality rates? Who is really dying? What, um, you know, the models that we were projecting, these millions of deaths were absolutely bogus and nothing like that's even happened. So why are we locked down? Why did you shut down my business? Why did you throw me out of my job when really nothing that serious is happening? And so we're going to talk about that divide today because it's, it's really important for all of us to understand it. Regardless of which side of that divide you're on, we need to start to you know, get to some facts. And, and there just haven't been enough facts. There's been a lot of fear-mongering, lots and lots of misinformation. But we're, we're going to try to deal with facts here so that we can understand you know, where we're at and where we're going going forward. So I'm going to open the show with this video because I think this video is really one of the most important things that's happened since this outbreak. And this is the video of New York Governor Mario Cuomo explaining 
what this survey they did of who got hospitalized from coronavirus and, and you know, who those people were, because as he says in this video, it was shocking. So let's uh, listen to the audio of that. And on the podcast, you'll see the video. This is a surprise. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home. Uh, where there's been a lot of speculation about this. A lot of people, again, had opinions. A lot of people have been uh, arguing uh, where they come from and where we should be focusing. But if you notice, 18% of the people came from nursing homes. Less than 1% came from jail or prison. 2% came from the homeless population. 2% from other congregate facilities. But 66% of the people were at home, uh, which is shocking to us. Transportation method, we thought maybe they were taking public transportation, and we've taken special precautions on public transportation, but actually no, because these people were literally at home. Uh, 84% were at home, literally. Were they working? No. Uh, they were retired or they were unemployed. Only 17% working. So. That says they're not working, they're not traveling, they're predominantly downstate, predominantly minority, predominantly older, predominantly non-essential employees, and that's important. We were thinking that maybe we were going to find a higher percentage of essential employees who were getting sick because they were going to work, that these may be nurses, doctors, transit workers. That's not the case. And they were predominantly at home. All right, so... As Governor Cuomo explains what they found about the people who got hospitalized with coronavirus in New York is that everything they've been telling you and I to do is wrong, right? That's what he just said. They're telling us, stay in your home, stay locked down, and you'll be safe. And yet, 66% of all the people in New York who got the coronavirus and had to be hospitalized. So that's serious coronavirus. We're staying at home. He also said that, and this is very important, that they were surprised because it was people who were unemployed. These were the non-essential workers. They thought that they would have higher cases uh, in families where people were doctors or nurses or firemen or policemen or essential manufacturing workers, and that they would get it by being out in the community and bring it home. They were wrong. They were wrong. So people were staying at home, doing everything they told you to do, and that's who got sick. Now, that's not an opinion. That's an actual audit of a 1,000 hospitals, uh, you know, patients in New York that basically said, this is what we found. Now, that should, in your mind, if you're listening to this radio show, that should bring into question what you've been told, because what you've been told by by that study, everything you've been told is fake. It's false. It's not true. So they acted in this draconian way to lock us all up, and it wasn't true. Today uh, at the Ohio We the People convention, we released a graph, a chart that compared the coronavirus deaths in Ohio with what happens in an average day. In Ohio, we took a 10-year average of the average deaths over 10 years in Ohio all year long, and it comes out to 117,000 people die in Ohio every year from all causes, falling off of ladders, car wrecks, cancer, heart attacks, all that stuff. 
That's 320 people per day. And at the height of our coronavirus peak, which was three weeks ago, we had 50 deaths. Generally, we've had, like, in the last week and a half, we've had 26, 32, 34, 23, 15, 12, and 11. So why are we still locked down? Why are we still being sold to stay in our houses when the number of deaths from this is so small compared to the natural average? So far in Ohio, coronavirus deaths are 1% of the deaths we would normally have in a year. 1%. Why are we doing all this? In that document we sent out today statewide, we also take, took a hard look at what's going on with seniors. Because it's very clear, it's very, very clear, and in, in, in Cuomo's video, they showed that the breakdowns by age of who gets sick and who doesn't. And it's, it's older people, without any doubt. Like, like 75% in Ohio of the people who are dying from coronavirus are over age 65 and really over age 70. So everyone's saying, oh, if you're over that age, you should stay in, you should you know, not go out, you should be terrified, terrified. But then we did some looking at statistics. In Ohio, there are 1,270,000 people over age 70. That's out of a population of 11.6 million. So 11% of Ohio's population is over age 70. Of the current coronavirus deaths in Ohio, 919 have been to people over age 70. Folks, that's 0.07%. That means that 99.93% of people over 70 aren't dying from this disease. Do you see what I'm saying? Take 80-year-olds. There's 464,000 80-year-olds, 80 years old and older in Ohio. That's pretty good. Half a million people over 80. Of Of the coronavirus deaths in Ohio, 558 of them have been over age 80. Now, that's a, a big percentage of the you know, 1,300 or so deaths we've got. But of the percentage of people over 80, it's only 0.13%. So that still means that 99% of you will not die if you take care of yourself. Do you see how bad the fear-mongering is? Do you see how this is completely getting out of whack? Because what they're doing is they're conflating the fact that if you get the virus, they're making you think you're going to die. So they're all saying we got to stay in and not get the virus and not spread it. And the most heinous thing they're saying is that it's not about you. Because we know, we talked last week about the prison studies, where 96% of the people who got coronavirus in the prisons had no symptoms. And I said last week, why are we afraid of a disease that doesn't make you sick? Well, their answer is, yeah, but it doesn't make you sick, but you could give it to someone that it'll make them sick and they could die. That's an insane argument. If you're a person that's in a group that could die from this, which is clearly defined, not only old, but people with diabetes and heart disease and things like that, then it's your responsibility to defend yourself. You need to stay home from restaurants. We don't need to stay home from restaurants. But this is where this divide is coming from in our society. Because 
there's a large group of our society who thinks it's your job to protect their health. Well, it's not your job to protect their health. It's their job to protect their health, in my opinion. And I think in many of your opinions. But this is what's driving all this insanity. And so when we asked Governor DeWine in Ohio, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you'll see this uh, video that I put out where Governor DeWine was asked directly for his evidence for extending our shutdown in Ohio for another 30 days. And he had absolutely no answer. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to wethepeopleconvention.org and watch that video. Like 30,000 people have watched that video. The man gives you no reason that you have to stay locked in your home for another 30 days, except he decided it. And we sent out that Cuomo video that I just played for you, where Cuomo just says, the people are getting sick are staying at home. The people are getting sick aren't the workers. And so you shouldn't stay at home. And I sent that out today to Governor DeWine and said, if you don't end the lockdown in Ohio today, you are committing an act of willful ignorance. In other words, you could know and you choose not to know. And then you are committing an act of you're literally intentionally harming my health and everyone else's health in Ohio by making them stay in when it's healthier for them to get out. And we're going to talk about that later in the show, probably during the podcast. So what happened in Ohio, we've moved the House of Representatives has moved to limit the uh, Governor DeWine's actions. They basically finally came in session when they've been missing an action. They took a Senate bill and they changed it so that the legislature would have a say. All they wanted is a say that if the health director in the future puts up an order, for instance, saying we're closing restaurants, that the legislature, our representatives, would have a chance to discuss that. And then if they decide it was too harsh, they would reject that and the health director would have to take some other action. We're all asking, how come that wasn't in the bill that we're we're under right now? The problem is no one is representing us. No one is representing us. And so what is Governor DeWine, Governor Headcase, what does he do? This bill passes in the House, hasn't passed the Senate, and he already says he would veto it. He thinks that in a representative republic, which the state of Ohio is, that he alone should decide whether you can open your business or not, whether you can get a, have a job or not, whether you have to stay at home or not, whether you can travel. One person. That's tyranny, folks. That's tyranny. That's the definition of tyranny. And so he's, he's destroying not only our personal lives and our health, as I'll show you shortly, but he's destroying our state. And so he had to, in the press conference on Wednesday, he had to say that they're cutting $775 million from the state budget because the tax revenue is down so far. And what did he do? He took all that money, nearly all that money from schools. 
He identified tax cuts of $110 million for higher education, $55 million for other education line items, $210 million for Medicaid, and $300 million for the K-12 Foundation payments, deductions, and $100 million for other agencies. So he went after the kids. Didn't lay off any state workers, right? Well, you're laid off. Well, your business is closed. Well, you're not getting a check, right? And we're going to talk about unemployment again that came out this week. More people are out of work. He's still getting paid, right? He's still getting paid, and he's taking making sure that your children are going to get less of an education. And then he was stupid enough to say, well, you know, I expect this to be the only you know, problem here because we're opening up Ohio, and you know, the, the tax revenues start to flow in. Well, he announces on Thursday this week that while we had a, we have a slow roll of manufacturing open on Monday, this past Monday the 5th, he's now opening up uh, retail on the 12th, but only for curbside service. So I, I don't get that, right? Curbside service. Like you want to go shopping, you want to go in the store. If you're going to get curbside service, why wouldn't you just order from Amazon, right? So that's a little wacky. And now he announces that they're going to open up bars and restaurants and hair salons and barbershops in another week, but only to eat on the patio. No going in the restaurant. And it's going to be another week after that before you can go into the restaurant and sit down and eat. And then they're going to make you have the table six feet across. And maybe you have to wear masks. This is all insane, folks. We did a story last week. Masks don't work. The lockdowns didn't work. And now we know from Governor Cuomo that the lockdowns and staying at home actually hurt you. So we have our quote-unquote political and scientific leaders leading us literally to bad health and bad and a bad economy. And they're not being held accountable by anyone. And that's the most frightening part. All right, we've got more to talk about, so we're going to do that in a second. We're going to take a little break. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. As Merrick, president of Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, Ohio. Liberty Camp for Kids is where students in grades 1 through 6 experience the founding of our nation. This year's camp will be held from July 20th through the 24th from 9 till noon. The cost is $30 per camper. If you're interested in our camp, being a volunteer, or even starting one of your own, go to www.LibertyCampForKids.com. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. All right, and we're back, and we thank you for being with us on the radio or on our podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, and we hope you will tell other people about this uh, podcast and radio show because I think you're going to hear things here that you won't hear anywhere else. So we were talking about what's going on here in Ohio, for those of you around the country who are listening, and we do have listeners from all over the United States. Um, but Ohio is a good example of what's going on. It's our home state, so we're a little more engaged. And you're going to see just how engaged we really are. So what's happened is 
you know, people in Ohio are very unhappy and like other parts of the country and literally in, I think, all 50 states, people are where at least wherever there's lockdowns, people have been protesting. And there's been some pretty ugly things that you and I have seen on TV. You saw the woman uh, at the beauty salon uh, owner in Texas who was arrested uh, for opening her shop because she had to feed her children and the judge tried to make her beg for mercy. She wouldn't do it. That's a real American hero. And uh, she was just let out of jail because the Supreme Court of Texas and the governor basically changed the law and, and, and got her released. I also heard that she had a GoFundMe account that now has like $380,000 in it. You go, girl. Good for you. We need patriots to stand up. We need people who are going to pay a price for liberty and freedom. And so, you know, all of you need to be thinking about that because th- these things that the government is doing to you are, are things that you're going to have to stop them from doing to you. They're not going to just stop themselves. As we're seeing with all these governors, particularly in blue states, they want to keep this going forever because this isn't about a virus. This is about the election. This is about Donald Trump. This is about defeating conservatism and really imposing socialism and killing capitalism. That's what this is really about. You can, you know, you can tell me all you want about the precautions for the virus. I, I don't buy any of it. It's way over the top. This thing is not that contagious. All right. And we've talked about it before. And it's real simple. If you get coronavirus, 99.97% of healthy people will not die. You flat out will not die. So why are we doing all this stuff? So we've been out protesting in Columbus, Ohio, our capital. We've been doing that literally every day uh, for for weeks on end. Uh, We started to get a little more aggressive. People have been protesting outside the governor's mansion. They've been protesting outside of Dr. Amy Acton's house. And Governor DeWine took offense to that. He goes, you know, you know, you protesters, you know, you shouldn't be protesting outside of Dr. Acton's house. You know, she she doesn't deserve that. Well, if, if someone destroyed your life, you know, you'd like to let them hear about it. And since the governor doesn't want to hear anything from us, including our legislatures, I think it's fair game. Now, I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about we have a right to, to, to let her know how we feel so that she understands what she's doing to us because she has no idea. They're in their little bubble. You know, everything's just happy, you know, go lucky for them. We're getting paid. You know, these orders are given to you. You're the one that pays the price. They don't pay the price. Another good development here in Ohio was that our counties started to react, and a county called Preble County, their commissioners met and decided that they were going to defy the governor's orders and open up Preble County for business, calling all businesses there essential. The key element here was they got with their sheriff, and their sheriff said that he will not enforce business, uh, you know, he will not lock up businessmen that opened because the governor said you can't, because there's no law behind that. The sheriff is saying, I follow the Constitution. That's an order, but it's not necessarily a law. So the governor wasn't too happy about that. But now we have four other counties, uh, Shelby, Dark, and Miami County, I think, are three of them that are also trying to do the same thing. We're pretty excited about that. This Saturday, uh, May 9th, we've got a, a, a really a, a cool thing we're doing. It's called Rally Around Ohio. 
and and that's on Saturday, May 9th. They're at, uh, they're all starting at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And what this is is that people have signed up to do sign waves in essence. They signed up to go out in their community and wave signs saying, I want my job back, open my business now, end the lockdowns, stop infringing on my liberties, you know, that kind of stuff. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to get out into the broader community. We've been protesting in Columbus. There's been some news coverage of that. People are kind of sort of aware of it. But see, they, they aren't aware of what they're really doing. And I put out, a, I thought, a good article for you to read at the WeThePeopleConvention.org website this week. And I said, it's time for the invisible victims of coronavirus lockdowns to come out of the shadows. It's time for the invisible victims to come out of the shadows. Who are those victims? Well, the people who are invisible are the people who lost their jobs. The people who are invisible are the business owners who lost their businesses. This government response to coronavirus has been really a a, a war on blue-collar workers and on small business owners. The big box guys' business have been doing fine, right? Uh, all the people that work, you know, that, that that can work from home, which is thirty-seven percent of people, yeah, they work for big companies. They don't work for the local, you know, uh, hair salon. And so this has been kind of a, a class warfare, and you need to understand that if you're one of these people that has not been affected financially by this because you're on Social Security, you get a pension, you know, you're, you're a government worker, you're a teacher, you know, you you've been working from home, you don't get the fact that you have been imposing upon your fellow citizens without asking them, without even giving them any credit, you're saying, oh, for you to defend my health, you should lose your job. For you to defend my health, you should close your business. This is absurd. And so by having these rallies across Ohio, and if you want to go to one, and I'm asking you, if you're on the radio, it's, you know, it's early in the morning, go to freeohionow.com freeohionow.com. You will see a list of all the counties. You'll see who's having their sign wave and at what time. Get a sign and go stand with them. Show the rest of the community that these people who are paying the price have rights as well, and they need to get back to work, and they're not afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of this. It's not that dangerous. And we're killing our economy for no reason at all. So I'm asking you to come out of the shadows. The second thing we did this week, besides protest, is we finally reached our plateau of 10,000 signatures for the petition that we wanted to send to President Trump and AG Bill Barr. And so on Wednesday, we uh, reached that plateau, we printed out all 10,000 signatures, and we shipped them with a petition to President Trump and Attorney General Bill Barr asking them to intercede in Ohio and and use the the federal courts to get an injunction to lift particularly our stay-at-home order, which Governor Cuomo just showed was so unhealthy for us. It's a violation of our constitutional rights. Now, A.G. Bill Barr, as I've said to you in uh, previous week's shows, he has been kind of asking people to do this. Uh, A.G. Bill Barr said, it's time to start rolling back coronavirus restrictions, okay? And, and he had a comment that said, 
He has slammed some of the restrictions as draconian and last week directed U.S. attorneys to take legal action if a state or legal measure violates Americans' constitutional rights. It's time to start rolling back some of these restrictions in an orderly and sensible way. It was fine to have these restrictions when there was truly an emergency, but now that we're past the peak, you governors can't keep imposing these on you, and that's what they're doing. They keep moving the goal line. They keep kicking the ball down the field. And so every time, you know, for two weeks in Ohio, we had to flatten the curve. We stayed in. We did everything they said. We flattened the curve. No, then they said, well, now I got to stay close for another month. And the deaths are dropping off and the hospitalizations are dropping off. And what does he do this week? He says we got to do it another month. No. We're asking AG Bill Barr to intercede on our behalf. And we said that to President Trump. And I thank all of you who signed that petition because I think we're going to get some action on that. I think we're going to get some action on that. So now I want to go to one last thing here uh, before we uh, wrap up the show. And that is a a survey came out. Uh, Scott Rasmussen who's a poller that many of you recognize named Rasmussen, he did a poll for uh, FreedomWorks. And that poll, you really helped me better understand what's going on uh, in our country as far as how we look at the coronavirus. He said basically that people understand that when this first started, that the government had to take drastic action. And they were okay with that. About 73% of them said that, you know, it was important. But now, after it's been a while, there's a real divide coming. And what? And you can go read this, the whole study. It's on the WeThePeopleConvention.org. You'll see the things that says Rasmussen Paul. But here's the biggest takeaway that I had on it. It said that, not surprisingly, those who are aware of the latest scientific data favor easing lockdown restrictions by a 66 to 33% margin. Those who mistakenly believe the fatality rate has not fallen favor continuing the lockdowns by a 71 to 28% margin. That's what you need to understand. The people who do not want to open up for business, who don't want to go to restaurants, who are afraid to come out, are believing governors like our Governor DeWine, who are saying to you, be careful, don't get this as if you're going to die from getting it. And they're talking to us about, you know, you, you be careful because, you know, the number of cases, the number of people get this is going to climb when we go out. And as I said to you last week, so what? So what? 95% of you won't even get sick. They're wrong. But if you don't know what we've taught you on this show, If you didn't watch the video of the doctors from California who were talking about how by staying in, your immune system is being damaged and you're going to get more sick faster, not just from COVID-19, but from other viruses because you're not shaking hands, you're not going out and touching things. If you're not watching those, then no wonder you're scared to death. I think the reason you listen to this show and watch this podcast is because we've been sharing with you real information and you're informed. And that's why you're not afraid. I am not afraid, but others are afraid because because Facebook and YouTube and Google are taking down videos with good information on it. And they're keeping people from being informed. Why? Because they want to control them with fear. Do not be afraid. 
And do not be afraid to share this website, the WeThePeopleConvention.org website, with people who are still scared and let them watch the video of those California doctors. They took it off of YouTube. It's on our servers. You can still watch it, okay? You can watch all the videos that you think are important because they're still up. When Tucker Carlson talks about how the lockdowns have, there's no statistical evidence that the lockdowns saved a single life. You can go to our website and read about Sweden, which did not destroy their economy and isn't paying a big price because they're developing herd immunity. And we're not. And we are literally being stupid by not opening up and getting out there and getting this disease so we don't get it again in the fall. Educate people. Take them to the WeThePeopleConvention.org website. Have them listen to this radio show or this podcast, and their fear will go away, and we can then reclaim America and start rebuilding our country. So I'm going to wrap up the show for this week. For those of you on the radio, the podcast continues, as we say every week. So you're only getting about half of the show when you listen to the radio. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you'll see the podcast right on the front page. You'll even see a listing of what uh, what topics we're talking about so you can fast forward past the radio show and pick up the rest of the show. We hope you'll do that. We hope you'll tell other people about it. But I really appreciate you being with me this week, and I hope you'll come back next week. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion radio program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right, and thank you for all of you who are watching the podcast and staying with me after the radio broadcast. Uh, we've got lots more to cover, lots going on, and this next segment is going to be pretty important because there's some really serious things going on. First of all, you know the, the big thing I want to point out is that 3.2 million more people filed for unemployment in the United States this week, and that takes us up to 33 million people. That's a lot of people, folks, but the reality is that there's, it's, it's at least double that that are not getting you know, uh, unemployment. And, and in Ohio, 60,000 more Ohioans filed for unemployment this week. But I wanted to share with you something that I saw when they put out that press release because it says, for the week ending May 2nd, the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services said another 61,083 Ohioans filed for unemployment, bringing the total to 1 million 118,000 over the last seven weeks. The department says it has distributed more than $1.9 billion in unemployment compensation payments to more than 536,000 Ohioans. What's wrong with what I just said? I just said that they just said that the total unemployed is 1,118,000. 
And then they said they've put out $1.9 billion in unemployment checks to 536,000 Ohioans. That means that half of them haven't received a bloody check. Half of the people on unemployment haven't gotten a check yet. You know why people are protesting now? Do you understand? After seven weeks? Because the whole system is screwed up. You can't get through. And that's another problem with these governors. You know, they they say you, you can't work, and then they make it so you can't even file for unemployment. It's it's horrible, but it's true. So that's you know that's the other you know, part of this whole thing, okay? And and so there's other. It's not just the you know the the coronavirus. There's other things that are problems, okay? So for instance, I came across a study that said that dozens are dead after lockdown measures delayed their heart surgeries, and this is from uh, Ontario, Canada. And it's, they said that tens of thousands of medical procedures have been postponed in Ontario, Canada, anticipating a, a novel patient surge that has yet to come. A report from the Independent Financial Accounting Office found late last month. Delayed heart surgeries, for example, have already resulted in around 35 deaths at this hospital system. Okay? And we talked about that. But now you're seeing some real figures because this is the problem. We haven't had an honest you know, cost-benefit analysis. And, and, and I'm telling you, this stuff is getting serious. I came across another article that was really, really interesting. It's, it was called, it's on a thing called Just, Just the Facts Sees the Data. And, and that's the, the website, justthefacts.com. And the, the article says, anxiety from, from reactions to COVID-19 will destroy at least seven times more years of life than can be saved by lockdowns. So what does that mean? He says, medical studies show that excessive stress and anxiety are among the most debilitating and deadly of all health hazards in the world. Beyond their obvious effects like suicide and substance abuse, these mental stressors are strongly related to and may trigger and inflame a host of ailments like high blood pressure, digestive disorders, heart conditions, infectious disease, cancer, and pregnancy complications. Based on a broader array of scientific data, uh, Just Facts has computed that the anxiety created by reactions to COVID-19, such as stay-at-home orders, business shutdowns, media exaggerations, and legitimate concerns about the virus, will destroy at least seven times more years of human life than can be possibly saved by lockdowns to control the spread of the disease. This figure is a bare minimum and is actually one is likely more than 90 times greater. The study uh, concludes this research is engaging and thoroughly answers the question about the, cur- the cure being worse than the disease. So how's that, right? That anxiety is, is a killer, is a big killer. Well, here's some more evidence of that. Uh, let me see if I can find this article. Um, okay, I have, an- I have another article where Australia, the rise in suicide rates caused by lockdowns in Australia is predicted to exceed deaths from the Wuhan coronavirus by a factor of 10, the Australian newspaper reported Thursday. Researchers from Sydney University's Brain and Mind Center forecast a 50% rise in the nation's suicide rate. 50% rise because of the economic and social impact of government responses to the virus, which would drive deaths to as much as 10 times higher than those caused by the coronavirus itself. 
Now, but get this statistic. I thought this was amazing. I had no idea. I had no idea. But again, this is the divide. The people are just afraid and don't and hear nothing but you're going to die from coronavirus versus those of us who are doing research and finding facts that inform us to make better decisions. Already this year, global deaths by suicide are significantly higher than those attributed to the coronavirus. According to respected Worldometer's running tallies, there have already been 374,225 suicides since the start of 2020. January, February, March, April. We're just starting May, right? 374,000, whereas the Wuhan coronavirus has claimed 251,898 lives, according to Johns Hopkins University. Holy cow. And so let's lock everybody down across the globe, right? That's not going to kill anybody. And I go back to what we said in previous shows. These doctors like Fauci and Burks and, and, and Acton in Ohio, they have been committing medical malpractice because they have been prescribing a, a prevention you know, regime for you of stay at home, don't touch your kids, don't touch anybody, be afraid. And that, that prescription they've given you is more deadly than the disease itself by a long shot. And, and that's just more proof of it. Now, I mentioned Fauci and Burks and those guys, and I think many of you have become aware of a video. There's this video out of this doctor who worked you know, with Fauci. And I said uh, on this uh, video, which I have now put on the We the People Convention website because it's going to be taken down or it's already been taken down. And this is an interview with this woman and I say, if you watch this video, you will understand that what is happening to you is about much more than a virus. This doctor, who's very renowned, very you know, well-established, she was basically destroyed in like a, a, a Mike Flynn or a, a Roger Stone type style a few years back because she was exposing that Dr. Fauci was doing some pretty bad things at, you know, in his position with the, uh, you know, the CDC and the NIH, okay, where they were getting patents for, for uh, disease vaccines and making a lot of money, and she was exposing that. You got to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and watch that 30-minute video. It's from a film that's called Plandemic, P-L-A-N-demic, like a planned pandemic, dot uh, dot org or dot com i guess it is but this is a 30 minute trailer go ahead and watch that video when you get a chance it's pretty scary and it'll tell you a lot more about what's going on than you've previously known we're going to take another final break here before we uh, wrap up the last segment of the show you're listening to the we the people convention news and opinion radio show and podcast and i'm tom zawistowski This is Jordan Sekulow with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting ACLJ.org. 
Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. The Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. All right, and we're back for our final segment. Appreciate you sticking with me. Hope you're uh, enjoying the show. Got some other important things to talk about. Some of them, as are, as you know, I like to follow up on stories. I don't like to uh, just, uh, you know, give you a story one week and then forget about it when things change. Last week, I talked to you about Trump had to order the meat and poultry processing plants to stay open during the coronavirus pandemic because they were shutting them down due to the fact that the workers were getting the coronavirus. And again, I, I argued with you when, when the people there, you know, aren't sick, they get it and they test for it, but they're not sick. If you tested everybody, all right, you should let the people who have it, but aren't sick work. But that's not what's happening because as I said yesterday, last week, we're stupid. So what's happening now? Well, Wendy's restaurants in Ohio, for those of you listening around the country, they ran out of meat. You could go in our area, Northeast Ohio, to try to order a Wendy's hamburger. Where's the beef? Remember the commercials? And they did not have hamburger. Kroger's Grocery Stores, a very big chain in Southwest Ohio, Cincinnati, Dayton area. They are limiting the purchases of meat. We're starting to have food shortages. Why? Because that's what you get from central planning. That's what you get from socialism. That's what you get when you have governors that are so unconnected to reality who don't weigh the, the cost-benefit of things and do ignorant things like shut down non-essential businesses. You lose all your efficiencies. And that's why we're so f- afraid of not opening our, our economy sooner, regardless of the threat of the disease. Because these, these connections that make it all work can't be centrally planned. They're done by free market capitalism. They're done by people who act in their own best interest that also ends up being in your interest and society's interest. It's called capitalism. And we've got tyrant governors like Mike DeWine in Ohio who thinks he can tell everyone how to run their business, how to run their life. And we're not going to allow that. But that's what they're trying to do. So I want to let you know that this keeps going, folks. You're going to have things not on the shelves. Basic things. That's where we're headed if we don't stop this. We don't stop this madness. Next story, another problem. We talked about mail-in ballots last week. I showed you a story where 25 million mail-in ballots had just mysteriously disappeared in states that allow mail-in voting. So what do we get this week? Yeah, the Center for Disease Control recommends mail-in voting due to the coronavirus despite Trump's concerns about voter fraud. The Center for Disease Control right now in May is saying that they want mail-in voting next November when they don't have a clue what the coronavirus is going to do next week, let alone next November. Folks, it's all about the election. They want Mailing, mail-in voting, they're saying it's because of health purposes. It's not. It's so they can cheat. 
It's so they can steal the election, get rid of Donald Trump, and then implement global socialism, which will turn into communism, whether you like it or not. Folks, you can't come to any other conclusion. That's just the reality of it. Here's another story that really make you happy. Really, really make you happy. I come across this story, and I just couldn't even believe this. Left-wing group is planting hundreds of activists in local newspapers. There's a thing called Report for America. And this uh, left-wing foundations of donors are funding, aren't funding journalism. They're buying coverage that fits their agenda. And local newspapers are renting out their newsrooms to wealthy left-wing organizations. Beyond the usual radical foundations like the Ford Foundation and MacArthur Foundation and the Knight Foundation, the Facebook Journalism Project has poured millions of dollars into reporting for America. Local journalists are providing us with extraordinary public services 24 hours a day, Facebook's Campbell Brown falsely claimed. We all need to understand how the virus is impacting the communities where we live. It's a vital information that's helping keep our friends and family safe, and we're proud to support Report for America in this effort. Except that Report for America's model is finding young activists and parachuting them into local communities to pursue some narrow political agenda. That's not journalism. Six of the activists from RFA's current class will be covering climate change. Nine will be covering poverty. And four will be covering covering prisons, right? Facebook has often been accused of spreading fake news. Here, and along with the Google News Initiative, which kicked in $400,000, is literally financing fake news projects, which pays half the salaries of reporters embedded in local newsrooms, while its own funding comes from wealthy left-wing groups. Most newspapers are happy with the arrangement. It's the readers who are cheated. So again, the fake news is now propagating their fake news into local newspapers to produce more fake news. And that's why you watch shows and podcasts like this. That's why you don't believe anything you hear on the quote-unquote news because they're literally funding propaganda to lie to you. I mean, and people say, well, why don't you guys do the same thing? And our good friend Brian Massey and George Kasari and other people around the state, Steve Kotler, others, they've been trying to start newspapers. I could start a lot of newspapers if I had funding from Facebook and Google. That's the problem here. These big tech companies are not only censoring us, they're, they're trying to affect our thought process by planting fake stories. And no one does anything about it. President Trump does nothing about it. A.G. Barr does nothing about it. Why? Why? It's disturbing. All right. Last week, I tried to end on some good notes and probably didn't do a very good job. I was angry about the good stuff. But we have very good news. Just breaking, you know, this week, at the end of the week, very good news. Our friend General Michael Flynn, the charges are going to be dropped against him by the DOJ. I'm so excited about this. He has been through an unbelievably horrible experience. Our nation owes that man, a 33-year military veteran, a combat soldier, one of our top generals. He has served our country with distinction. And now it is clear as a bell that the Obama administration targeted him, that they put together a fake uh, campaign to either get him to commit perjury 
or to get him fired and to charge him, and they did all of that. It even came out that we knew that Flynn pleaded guilty to this one charge because they were threatening to go after his son, and this week, the news, the papers came out that were released that showed that they were going after his son on trumped-up charges to make him, to basically destroy Michael Flynn. This is not the end of this, right? I hope Donald Trump brings him back into his administration so that he can get vengeance on these people, right? Because he knows where the bodies are, are, are buried. And our nation needs to pay him millions of dollars in damages for what we did to him. We stole three years of his life. We made his family have to leave their home and sell it. They used all their savings. He's an American hero. And I'm so happy to hear that finally some justice might be done, but it won't be done, not just dropping the charges. No, 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 no. There's got to be prosecutions, okay? There's got to be prosecutions. And so now this last story is again on that bent. As you remember, the Toronto Trump named a guy named Richard Grinnell to be the acting director of national intelligence. And the left went berserko. Because they knew this guy was a no-nonsense, Trump-like guy. And he was going to expose the deep state. Well, Adam Schiff has been hiding the transcripts from the Russia probe, which were supposed to be made public for three years now. And the DNI said this week, either you release them or I'm going to release them. And my understanding is these are being leaked as we speak, and they are going to show that they never had any evidence for the Russia probe, that Schiff was lying and making it up. Now, what will happen to Schiff, I don't know. He certainly is going to get trashed big time in the media, even on some of the left-wing media. But could they do ethics charges against him? He should be driven out of Congress. This guy's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. And, and we need to get rid of people like that because, again, they're doing it all over again, right? So, so we're exposing that this Russia gate was a complete hoax. So what are they doing now? Well, now Nancy Pelosi, they've put together a trumped-up committee in the House to investigate the coronavirus response. That's your next Russia gate Ukraine, for Ukraine phone call, folks. They're already gearing it up. And Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows and people are screaming bloody murder. How can they keep getting away with this when now we're going to have the goods on them? We have got to defeat these people. You just, you, you, you literally got to hurt them. And I hope that we're going to start doing that. I hope that AG Bill Barr is going to do that. And I'm still hearing that Durham is ready to start doing indictments. That the, the documents that have now come out and, and, and I hope you caught Jim Jordan talking about Christopher Ray, because Christopher Ray, the FBI director, I said all along, I, I remember the day when he was being confirmed by the Senate and he was asked, this is Chris Ray, the current FBI director, he was asked by a senator if Donald Trump ordered you to release documents or to do something to help you know, with the, to stop the investigation of the Russia Mueller probe, what would you do? And Christopher Ray said, I would not cooperate. I said, right then, Trump should have picked up the phone and said, I'm withdrawing his nomination. 
Because Christopher Ray's job, he's a Comey acolyte, Weinstein acolyte, he's Rosenstein, all those guys. Christopher Ray has been a crook. He's been a dirty cop for 30 years. And so what has happened? He's covered up all this information. And now it's finally coming out. And Jim Jordan's calling out Christopher Ray and saying, when did you know this? How come you didn't release this sooner? And I hope this takes Christopher Ray down. I, I sure hope that if it doesn't take him down now, that Donald Trump will fire him after we get him reelected. Because Christopher Ray's a dirty cop. And I hope that we're going to see Durham and Barr indict Comey and Brennan and Clapper and, and you know, all, all of them, McCabe and, and, and Strzok and Page, all of them. And I understand Rosenstein now. He, he, they found the, the, the note that he puts out, the, I forget what it's called, but it's a document that gave Mueller the authority to investigate Papadopoulos and, and Page and those guys. There was not a shred of evidence that Rosenstein, when he was the acting attorney general, because Sessions had recused himself, gave Mueller the right to investigate Papadopoulos and, and, and those guys with not a shred of evidence. And so people are saying he need, needs to get lawyered up too. I keep praying, folks, that we're going to have justice. I keep praying that we're going to come out of this coronavirus hoax, okay? And we're going to be able to save our economy and reelect Donald Trump. But it's, we're in real trouble here, folks. Our economy's in real trouble. And people like Mike DeWine, who are slow walking it and saying, you can't have eat-in restaurants open till May 21st, it's doing huge damage to us. So they're going to put us in a bind. We, the people, the people who've always you know, saved this country, we're going to we're gonna have to dig in. We're going to have to fight this. But we don't talk, we're not going to have tolerating this new normal garbage. We're not going to tolerate all this six feet distancing forever and mass forever. It's all bogus. This comes to an end. And you're finally going to get to the point where you're fed up enough when you say it comes to an end. Because I ain't wearing any mask. I'm not going to have to wear a mask outside. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to give you a hug because I am not afraid. And there's nothing to be afraid of. If you're a healthy um, human, this virus is not deadly to you, and that's the final thing I want to say this week. So thanks for all you do to fight for your freedom and liberty and prosperity. Let's hope AG Barr answers our petition. Let's hope that we get some, some, uh, some relief from the federal courts on these lockdowns, okay? And let's see if we can get life to be a little better going forward. Let's get a baseball season going, at least half a baseball season. You've been listening to the We the People Convention news and opinion, radio show and podcast. I hope you will tell people about this show. I hope you will send your comments to info at wethepeopleconvention.com. And I sincerely hope that you will come back next week and, uh, and join us again. I really appreciate you joining us this week.